It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Yep, Reno's in. We're here in Vegas, of course. This hour brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Offices in Reno and Las Vegas and Henderson. 766-1400. Check that. Yeah, that's it. 766-1400 is the number. Every once in a while, I have so many phone numbers that I have memorized that a different number pops into my head. Like, I've had a couple times where we were taking phone calls or a giveaway, and I gave out, a like, a sports fan radio network phone number from 1998. Like, I don't know where it came from, but now it's gone. I think I know the answer to this question. Yes. Do you remember your childhood phone number? Um, I think so. I remember mine. Yeah, I think so. 8735493. Okay. Does this... Is it gone? I don't know. I haven't called it. I mean, yeah. it was a landline. I would assume it's gone. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Back in my day. Right. I don't think Xavier got what I was asking about uh, the Saudis buying into ESPN and so many people thinking that ESPN is too woke. Um, and I think a lot of I think a lot of complaints from especially older guys when they talk about ESPN is uh, the, the, the stories they cover, but also that they have a lot of different voices, including women. So mm-hmm. that's where I was getting at. Like, okay, well, maybe this... New ownership group, if they were going to buy in, will satisfy your needs. Because I'd be looking over my shoulder if I were Mita Kimes or anyone else. Right. So Buy it and then just put all of, all of the males up there, and that's all we want. It's all the perspective we need. Let's do the big four. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the big four at four. Number four. Well, since I was just talking about the role of women in sports and what could happen if uh, certain investors buy in, that would be worst case scenario. Can I talk about traditional roles in the household? Like back in the day, maybe there was only one person working and it was the male in the house and taking care of the house may have fallen to the other person in the relationship. I saw Bill Burr doing a little bit of comedy and this one got to me. Um, Listen, we all... Well, not all of us, but uh, you and I are in relationships, right? Um, I don't know if you ever had a roommate, but I had roommates over the years. Damon, do you have a roommate? Uh, no. They're okay. called, they called mom and dad. Oh, there you go. Uh-huh. Um, okay. The, you're well, the you're, roommate. Well, you're a good person to ask. Um, who does the dishes? Don't say the dishwasher. Uh, dishes that need to be washed in the sink. Who does the dishes in the Damon household? I think it's more of a whoever has more dishes in the sink. Really? It's like you do the dishes, but it's like a wash-as-you-go type of place. But back when I did have roommates, I was the worst. You never did them? Never. And you admit it? Okay. I just, I live with two girls. Well, that's good. Whoa, whoa, what just happened there? Just went back to the beginning. Well, I was going to say, because I don't know about your like experiences, but I have found that sometimes like women can be actually the sloppier ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me a little uh, Bill Burr here on uh, relationships and who's taking care of the dishes. Every relationship, there's the person that does the dishes and the person that lets them soak, right? <laughs> they don't let them soak. They know you're going to do them. They're just waiting you out. And after a while, you can't take it anymore. They just sit there. you got to go out and you start doing it. Okay. Do you think that's the game that is played? And I didn't get an answer from you because I didn't ask you. Who does the dishes in the JVT household? We're pretty even, like 50-50. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, we don't, like, keep track of it. But, like, it doesn't go one way or the other enough to say I do them or she does them. Well, that's good. I've, yeah. uh, I'm more along the lines of Bill Barr. I think usually one person does them and the other person does not. Right. Uh, give me a little more from Bill Barr. 
And then what do they do? They sit in the other room and they wait like they don't know what you're doing. And they wait till they hear pots and pans. And that's when the show starts. That's when they come running in like, what? Oh, I was going to do those. What? And you're like, no, you weren't. They've been sitting here for eight hours. I got my hands in room temperature water with scrambled eggs floating around. Don't gaslight me. You're a animal. You were raised by animals. Get out of my sight. Uh, I like the animal reference because right. that is a reference that's actually made in uh, the SO's household. She controls it. But uh, yeah, I do the dishes. I'm not mad about it because part of the problem is it's me because I'm a lunatic about certain things and I'm OCD. So when she tried to do them, I'm like, ah, I got to watch those again. Um, and the other thing is, I'll just say the duties around the kitchen cleaning it up are mine. She likes cats and we have a lot of them and I don't have to really clean up. Right. After them, which includes the litter, although I did clean up a giant vomit today because uh, she was a little rushed. But we have a nice split of duties. But I will. The thing that really connected there was the, one the animal, but the other one is when dishes are soaking and then you start to wash and you're like, "What am I? What is oh. this mushy thing in here that you left for ten hours or overnight?" So there's two things here. First of which is I actually am the one that he says like. I'll hear the pots and pan, whatever. And I'll be like, dude, what are you doing? I was about to do those because, like, I'll cook and then afterwards I'm like, like, can I just sit for like an hour after we're right, done? Right, right. But Isabel's one of those where, like, I need to get this done now. I'm like, no, we don't. Like, we can wait an hour. We can wait an hour for them to clean, not eight hours. Yeah. The other thing that she's, Isabel's really bad at that I hate, <laughs> she's somebody who she just throws the dishes in the sink when they're done being used, right? No rinsing? So there's no rinsing. There's no, or, ah! there, there's no organizing. There's no nothing. So, like, I'll walk up to the sink, right? And there's a bowl inside of another bowl filled with, like, water that has, like, old grease in it. And it's like, you're making the outside of the bowl dirty. Like, you're making, like, it's just disgusting. Like, just rinse it and organize it. That's all I need. Damon, see what you're doing to your parents right now? I don't think, well, I, they, I, they probably are having those same thoughts. Yeah. But I don't think, I'm not thinking about the dishes this much. Yeah. Uh, I am. Because believe me, my mother, because I, I, you know, as a kid, you just, you don't pay attention. You're an idiot. And, uh. Man, if I if I freaking threw stuff in that sink or other messes, she would just she would snap every once in a while to be like, "The maid died." We didn't have a maid, right? So I was like, oh, "Okay." We we had a <laughs> I don't want to say this story. My stepfather's very embarrassed by it. Uh, we had a we had some help about one stretch, uh, but my stepfather lost a necklace of his, who then he subsequently blamed on the person who would come to clean the house, only oh. to find it like a two weeks after we had fired the That's, person. Oh no. Oh man! Sometimes, Damon. I don't know if you know about the Von Tobel background, but a no, very, no, sorry, sorry. it's not the Von Tobel side. Okay, yeah. all right. Very hoity-toity family, blaming it on the uh, actual real maid. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Number three. Number three. Uh, P one listener Sean sent over a question for all of us: the real cheeseburgers being offered by a fast food restaurant. It is just a bun. I suppose there's some accoutrements or, uh, you know, some some or sort of saucer, yeah. sauce or condiments with 20 slices of cheese. But it looks like only, like, the two slices on the top or underneath the top bun are melted. I I love cheese. Damon, are you in on this? No, not at all. That seems like constipation waiting to happen. <laughs> Just nothing but cheese? Like, if you don't have a drink, you're, you're getting two bites in before you can't even swallow it anymore. So, first off, we have to specify uh-huh. this is only offered in Thailand right now. Oh, is that right? Yeah, so it's, a, it's only a Burger King Thailand experience. Having said that, 
Of course I'm trying this if I have the opportunity. That's like you a have, lot of cheese. Though. you got to well, melt a lot, a, of, a lot of it. No? There's a difference, though, between trying and eating the whole thing. Right. Right. Like, I want to try a bite to see what the experience is like. Having said that, too, I mean, that's the other question is, is it melted or is it not? Is it just like a giant, thick cheese sandwich? Because there is a certain charm to a cheese sandwich if you make I, it right. I'm actually I'm very pro cheese. Yeah, and I don't mind that gummy kind of the chalkiness, the gumminess of it. But it's twenty slices of cheese. That's a lot. I mean, I had, I'll, to Demond's point, I had a lot of cheese today. I had a, I think I had, I had cheese last night on a burger. No bun. Um, I threw cheese in a salad. Right, try to clear the system out, but then I backed it up with some more snack cheese on the ride over here to Thomas and Mac. There's, I'm a cheeseaholic, but even this for me looks like a daunting task. Does Thailand have? Because I know a lot of fast food places will their menus will reflect, you know, the dietary needs of the community around them. Is there a high vegetation vegetarian population out there? Would that be why you have something like this? I would like, assume, yeah. Well, I mean, I would just base. You know what? I won't even base it on it because I was going to say I would base it on Thai restaurants, but American Thai right. could be completely different from you know, real Thai. I just can't imagine. What I'm more curious about is when they had the boardroom meeting, yes. they were like, all right, who's got ideas? And somebody was like, I've got one. 20 slices of American cheese in between two buns. And they're like, okay, what else? That's it. That's it. We'll call it the real cheeseburger. Now, here's the thing. they also This also might not be real. Just to get some drummed-up support for Burger King, because now yeah. we're talking about them. Well, if you notice, when we entered the story, no one mentioned oh. Burger King, did they? Oh. Number two. Play Number two. I'll play that game. Slipped up. They get, they get one mention. Um, you know, you talked about Pat McAfee looking a little mushy, a little fat, uh, wearing a skinny guy outfit at the ESPYs. I did. Um, I'd say to his face. I got to listen to Deion Dawkins yesterday, Bill's lineman on Cowherd, because you know, I listen to Cowherd a lot over on Sister Station. Uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas and he's pretty good personality although I thought it was really weird that he and Cowherd kept like slamming Wyoming football and you know oh Josh Allen Wyoming football I'm like Deion Dawkins you went to Temple let's chill okay Wyoming's been a better program for the last 25 years but anyway um, seems like a cool guy but man I think he overstepped last night did you see this outfit he had, he had a blazer on I did. and then underneath the blazer was just fat <laughs> he didn't wear a shirt I mean Damon, you're a shredded guy so maybe you would do the, the 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 blazer with no shirt underneath. Did you see? I mean, he's a left tackle. He weighs three twenty. Not asking him to be all shredded up, but who made this decision? That looks like an uncomfortable one too, because the armpit sweat that's going to be coming from that blazer. Oh, one time, straight into it. One time, I just wore a vest to a rave, you know, vest and had the abs out. But no, that's too far, man. I, I, all I can think about is that that sweat sitting down in the seat got to be uncomfortable. Yeah, I think you can only do this if you're a millionaire, right? Or okay. right, like that's it. And you have to be fully tatted too, because yeah, he I mean, is—he's—he is fully tatted. But I like, mean, it, I, I could not uh, stare away from his his belly roll. It just—it looks worse if he's just got no tats. Like imagine that with no tats, oh looks a lot worse. Me and that is yeah. just a travesty. Well, he's also not that hairy. That's another big one. Do you if want you were, it? Do if you, you were hairy, could you rock that? There's no oh, way. Oh no, and I am. I yeah, because even if you like, sh- unless you get waxed, I mean, even if you shave it down, people are looking down. They're like, "Oh, come on," because that whole that. Believe me, I don't. I don't. Well, it was in in the '70s, '80s, and the '60s, but that we did a story last year about like where, where has men's hair gone? Like it's it's just, like not accepted anymore. Beards are accepted. Beards are accepted. Oh, but the rest of it, they're like, it's just we're we're trying to morph into these. Freaking hairless chihuahuas or hairless cats now as human beings. Like, 
also Some the of other, us have hair, right? It's not on our heads, but it's on the body. The other big takeaway on social media, of course, was the face that his date was making in the picture. Oh, yeah, what is she doing? <laughs> the consensus was she's making the same face that you make like when you eat a warhead. You know, like super sour. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? I never looked at her face because his belly got me so much. I never saw her face. And I looked at the same picture. Top story. Number one. All right. I mean, there hasn't been much to talk about for the last month, month and a half with Josh Jacobs and this franchise tag. And D-Day is here. It's coming up on Monday. So we're four and a half days away. Damon, you were on Raider Nation Radio 920 for years. And I'm sure this was a big topic on Q's show about Josh Jacobs and this one-year deal and no long-term deal in place right now. What's your vibe on this? What do you think Josh is going to do? I think he may sit out. I, I think I'm leaning towards him sitting out if he doesn't get a deal because he's so strong in his convictions. I believe in him that much to say, hey, man, I want this. I think I deserve this. But from the team standpoint, just pay him the money. The team's going to be Ooh. average this year. Why not pay a guy that's like, hey, man, you've been working hard. Give him some guaranteed money. I mean, they're not going anywhere this year or the next, in my opinion. So why not give him, you know, two years heavily up front and give him, make him guaranteed? This is a crazy case, and we've mentioned it a bunch of times, and I'm not sure John's on board with this. We'll find out on the way back. But Adam Hill, who covers the Raiders a lot, and I have talked about it. If I'm on the Raiders' side, I'm not paying him. And if I'm Josh Jacobs, I'm pissed off. They're both in the right. And then when you add to that, it's Josh Jacobs and the Patriot way and a running back? They're going to pay him? Really? This hour is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Call the fellas and the whole crew at Battleborn, 766-1400. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. You ever feel like you're losing your mind when it comes to being on social media way too much? Yeah. So uh, I was just thinking, man, I don't have, I didn't have like Twitter up right now. I feel like I'm cut off from the world. If there's any updates, let's check during the break what's going on in the sports world, see if anything's happening. So then I get distracted by the fact that someone liked a laughing face emoji that I put up, and I was like, what did I laugh at? All right. I don't know what I laughed at. Maybe I offended someone. Am I in trouble? And then all it was was me laughing at someone reacting to the, uh, I don't know if you saw this, the, uh, that Barrett site, uh, Sports Radio PD, um, interviewed me about the changes over the last 25 years, you know, turning us into a major league sports town. Oh, right. But they happened to use a picture from like three years ago when that Russian uh, age, like, generating app was out where you could make yourself an old man or an old woman or a baby. And uh, yeah, I laughed at that. So. Oh, okay. I'm like, it's all good. I'm not in trouble. I'm, I, I always feel like I'm five minutes away from the career is over. Every time. You, you gotta say, be careful. You, you, say, you gotta be careful. There's cancel culture. It's not that. We know what we should say and shouldn't say. So if you say something you shouldn't say, look out. Be careful. Right? Now you're right, though. People, uh, there is a uh, wider berth of things that offend people. I was offended a couple of minutes ago. This might have gotten me fired. Um, Damon, I think you're way off on the, hey, let's, if you're the Raiders, let's sign. You're not competitive the next couple of years. He's done a really good job for you. Let's sign him to a front-loaded two-year deal. I don't. I want Josh Jacobs to get his money. I just don't think he's going to get it with the Raiders. 
I wouldn't. I mean, if I were the management side, I'm not, I'm not just going to sign him because he deserves it. Um, I'm going to play by the rules, and the rules for running backs by the CBA suck. So I'm going to – like, I don't want to turn off players coming to the Raiders, but this is the way it is. The, the running back position, you're kind of screwed. You don't have to be nice to people. I mean, with the chemistry in that locker room, I think it's important to sign them. And maybe my years on Raider Nation Radio has clouded my judgment because, hey, man, I grow to like, hey, I like these players too. I'm rooting for these players. Maybe this yeah. is just me being a fan of rooting for Josh Jacobs. And I know that all of the statistics, running backs, teams that have won the Super Bowl, they're running back payroll, blah, blah, blah. But if we get to that point, no one's going to, no running back's going to be making over a million dollars. So this is just me saying, hey, a guy who game in, game out, I mean, produce for your team, there's got to be some value in that. Would I just sign the franchise tag if I was in his shoes? Yes. But I think he's got he's a little bit stronger on wanting to get paid. Okay, I wouldn't. Um, I'm extremely pro-player, but I also understand the management side of things. Mm-hmm. I'm also very pro-labor and pro-employee. So I always want players to fight and get more power and get more money. And I think we've got something developing here. We're going to talk about Saquon Barkley in a little bit. If Josh Josh Jacobs has managed his money and feels comfortable, I could see him playing this game for a while here, and maybe he does sit out for a couple of games. I don't know what that's going to get done because I don't don't think the Raiders are going to budge. It's a really weird situation the way the NFL is set up here, and the the next CBA probably needs to address. I don't know how they do it. You know, the one position that seems to, right now, the way – management and coaches look at it you know what we're going to wear these guys out over four years and we're never going to pay them mm-hmm. we're going to devalue them because it's good for us early but we don't want them back after four or five years yeah they're useless yeah no I, I mean i would agree i think like you see both sides of it as you're saying like you understand why josh jacobs would hold out but you understand why the raiders would feel in no need to make this thing happen on their end and the risk of holding out is the risk of the position itself, which is what happens when the replaceable nature of the position comes up in the season. What I mean by that is any one of these backs on this roster goes into this system and then starts to perform. Yep. And then all of a sudden you're looking around and going, well, you're losing leverage because, okay, sure, don't sign it because now we have a guy who's projected to run over for 1,000 yards right now. Or this backfield together is performing at the pace of an offense that would have a 1,000-yard lead back. Do you think the Raiders have that behind Jacobs? I don't think individual <laughs> talent-wise they do, but I do think it's an offensive system that it could. Really? It, okay. I mean, we've seen it with, like you mentioned, I mean, this is Josh McDaniels. Like, we talk about the Patriots' style of offense. Josh, Josh McDaniels was the offensive coordinator for those offenses, right, that were cycling through running backs like crazy and getting production out of the guys we didn't know. If there was an offensive system that was going to produce that, there's a chance that it's this one. Yeah. Is it going to produce a rusher who's going to you know, lead a league in rushing and average nearly three yards after contact per carry? No. But just enough to not feel the loss of a Josh Jacobs? Certainly. This is also weird because the fans love Josh Jacobs, and maybe they will turn on him if he does hold out and doesn't play or you know, plays a limited part of a season because he's all mad and trying to protect himself. I, I root for the players, I, and especially football players. I root for them to make as much money as possible. It is a really dangerous sport. Their career can end at any moment. Their value can just plummet instantly. Which is why I don't understand why. First of all, other athletes should not be hating on NBA players and their salaries. You're idiots. Everyone needs to stick together, right? So like I said, I'm pro-labor. I don't get mad that I'm trying to think. Yesterday there was some deal signed 
for like thirteen million a year mm-hmm. for a, a a football player, and then it came across it. Who was it? Desmond Bain got. I don't know what Desmond Bain got. I don't care. Right. You know, and it's like, oh, you're not even a top. The thirty second best player in the in the league is getting you know this thirty million dollars a year, and the second best guy at his position in this league is only getting like. Why do you care? Mm-hmm. The money's there. Right. You know why the money's there? Because the NBA has a good union. You know why the money's there in Major League Baseball? Because they have a good union. And forever, the union, and, you know, DeMora Smith, I guess, tries. But I don't think he's a great union chief. They ultimately never win in the NFL. And that's why we're in this position right now where two good running backs, Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs and even Tony Pollard. There's a, who's the other guy? Uh, one of the tight ends, right? Is it Njoku? Oh, yeah. Um, has a, you know, the franchise tag thing goes down on Monday, and... You know, Njoku's not going to get paid. He's not going to get a long-term contract. Uh, I think Pollard's just going to, as so many Cowboy players do, I don't understand why they don't fight, but um, he hasn't made giant money yet, so this is actually a leap up for him. But it's kind of crazy. Isn't B. John Robinson due with like all of the incentives and everything else potentially going to make like $13.5 million? And Josh Jacobs, after leading the league in rushing, is going to max out at like $10.9 million? Yeah, because he's among, I think, because it's the, the franchise tag is the average of the top five at the position. I think B. John Robinson is included in the top five because of where he was selected in the draft. Unreal. Unreal. Um, so along those lines, NBA coming to Vegas, I'm all about it. I can't wait till it happens. Might be five, six years off. Uh, there are more reports out there, like we've heard for three years now, that Seattle and Vegas are going to get expansion teams. But I guess Amic was talking about it. So what do we got here? Is there any advancement in the news with this latest you know, rumor or story? And it doesn't seem like an advancement. It just seems like we're just getting solidified information that Vegas is going to be the stop. Like whether it's Seattle, whether it's Vegas, whatever it is, it does sound like if there's new information, it would be that this would be sped up once the new media rights deal is figured out. For those who don't know, after this next season, then, of course, the NBA's uh, media rights deal is up, and they're going to be up for, you know, grabs NBC. Others might be going and buy it. That's they're the screwed, right? The no. league's falling apart, right? Like, okay. these are the last days of whopper, you know, whopping salaries, right? This all this is all going to fall apart. Yeah, right, because they went, they went woke, and now they're going to go broke. Uh, absolutely not. They're going to make <laughs> a crap ton of money. I, mean, I don't know. That's what people tell me. Um, that's Well, trust me. When you're handing out over... A billion dollars worth of salaries to like three guys in like the first, you know, whatever amount, like hours of free agency. I think you're doing fine. So, no, the media rights deal is going to be up. It's going to be massive for the NBA. And then after that, they're going to look around and go, okay, how can we make more money? Expansion fees. Who's up? And that's exactly what they're going to do. Expansion fee of what? Over two bill? Oh, it's got to be. It's going to be huge. Which also, put that in perspective, how crazy is that? Um, I, I forget what Seattle had to pay. They paid six fifty to get into hockey. I know yep. uh, we Vegas Foley. I didn't pay it. Uh, Five fifty mm-hmm. NHL expansion and the NBA to expand here to get a team in Vegas. The ownership group will have to pay over two billion dollars. Yep. And maybe a privately funded stadium. But anyway, <laughs> but don't count on that one. I don't right, think. Yeah. I think after so I said maybe if this if this actually happens with the A's, I think everyone who comes here with. Major league professional sports is going to look at it and go, wait, let's. I want some. Right. Well, no, the whole time you said, you know, no public money. Yeah, but you gave baseball and the A's. Yeah. The A's. <laughs> the NBA. Got a team owned by LeBron or Shaq. Yep. Yeah, we get public money. There's going to be a lot of money made by the association coming up. And by the way, the other thing, too, which is why it's like brilliant to watch what they're doing here, um, how much money they're going to get for the in season tournament, the NBA Cup, right? 
at new it's new advertising that's standalone games. It's on a neutral site. It's going to be out here. Ticket sales, all sorts of stuff, man. I don't think I've grasped like how cool that is for Vegas and how big it is for Vegas. Right. It should people who want NBA are here obviously should be ex, should be extremely excited by this yeah. because every single little thing the NBA is doing out here is just showing more and more that whatever they want to do is going to thrive. The summer league is becoming bigger almost every single year. Well, people coming out. What's the, the what's the biggest impression that you get here? Because my my biggest impression is when a lot of Americans are like, I don't like the NBA, and you know all the woke and go broke stuff. Do you look at the the demo and the composition of the crowd? Yeah. First of all, this ain't a baseball crowd. No. The average age here ain't fifty four. No. It is all kids and then one of the most dangerous spots right here by the way on the concourse is the papa shot area yeah if you're going through there it's a war zone because you got a bunch of kids with like 10 (laughs) putting up shots and like diving all over the place and it's incredibly international and we are so insular americans when we talk about sports that we almost never consider that's why baseball is doing well we crack on baseball baseball is killing it internationally but the nba is even bigger they're making so much money and growing this so much internationally that's why they're doing well. That's yep. one of the biggest reasons they're doing well. And what is that going to dry up? It, it, it's The sport is spreading and growing and growing and growing. It is as healthy as it's ever been. And we are going to get a team you know, inside of the next six, seven years. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. You know, we were just talking about the NBA landing here in Vegas eventually in the next six, seven years. Got to get a building done. Frankly, they could actually play in the meantime at a couple of different buildings. It's Cofield and Company. Demond is here. JVT back in just a second. You know, you only hope, or you can only hope, that the uh, the NBA organization that comes here has a relationship with the fans like VGK does. I mean, that relationship is pretty deep, and... In spite of the fact that Riley Smith was just jettisoned to Pittsburgh, I feel like this, at least on the surface, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, I feel like this is going to end you know, in it, well, right? He won a cup. It's not going to be bitterness, I don't think. Well, we got a couple of opportunities coming up to say goodbye to Riley Smith. Uh, we've got the softball game on the 22nd out at LV Ballpark. But I also wanted to point out, there's some meet and greets coming up for fans of the Knights. Uh, tomorrow, 97 won the point, Steph are going to be with Nick Haig. And Nick Haig's going to be at Finley Honda North in Centennial Hills. That'll be from 4 to 5.30. Autographs, uh, free food on the scene from Porta Subs, Buffalo Wild Wings, Raising Canes, Crumble Cookies. So that'll be Nick Haig with 97 on the point. And then one of those chances to uh, say goodbye to Riley Smith is coming up on Saturday. Sahara and Buffalo at Honda West. Riley Smith is going to be there. Lindsey Brown from over on... Raider Nation Radio 920 will be on the scene. That's noon to 1.30. Noon to 1.30. We'll put up some alerts on social media, but you got a meet and greet Friday and Saturday, and you know part of it is also promoting what they're doing for charity in the end with uh, you know 9,000, probably 10,000-plus at the ballpark on the 22nd. John, have you seen additions to the roster for the Raiders-Vegas Golden Knights softball game? They include... Aiden Hill, who would I, I would assume, hopefully he could swing a bat. Right. He'll have power because he's a monster. He's a gigantic dude. Uh, Zach Whitecloud, 
is on the squad. Of course, Riley Smith is the organizer of this whole thing, and then they're expecting Eichel, Colasar, Haig, Logan Thompson, Shea Theodore, Ryan Reeves back in town. So there you go. You get some power there. Uh, Bilal Nichols is on the Raiders' side. Captain is Max Crosby, Dylan Parham, Nate Hobbs, uh, Trevin Merrig, and the kickers. The kickers. We'll see what they do. And, And special guest. Special guest. What a ringer in the home run derby. And it says that he's going to play in the game. On what team? Jose Canseco is now part of the game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But in the all, game, who, by the way, it's, it's all coming full circle, baby. If we get the A's, we got a bash brother here. You think oh Mark McGuire is going to make appearances with uh, Jose Canseco? Probably, it, not, probably not. Is it actually going to be Jose Canseco? <laughs> you, think he, you think he's, uh, where is he? Somewhere in the Caribbean, and it's Ozzy. Yeah, he's filling in. Is he just going to send him out to just do it for him? I mean, Ozzy's a little smaller at this point. Can we tell the difference? Yeah, I mean, unless, unless Ozzy weighs like two ten now. Also, a vast majority of people like would they really know? No, right? No, that's I mean, what I'm saying. I'm sure Ozzy's gigantic. Um, yeah, I got to do an interview. I was actually I got to post a picture of it. Man, I don't know how long ago it was. It was over at one of the uh, one of the uh, the. The ball fields on the east side where they've got a bunch of softball fields, and I got a chance to uh, talk to Canseco. I think it was about MMA because he was doing an MMA fight. And, uh, yeah, he's a massive human being. He's, yeah. he's, 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 he's pretty big. He's not uh, – now that he's never being tested again, he ain't, uh-huh. like, ain't going to get smaller. You know? <laughs> By the way, The Rock ain't getting smaller either. No. Well, they don't t- I don't think they test in Hollywood. <laughs> they don't. Uh, game is on July 22nd. I mean, at this point, you're looking at uh, second-hand market for tickets, but – Dig into it. Uh, cool thing is they are going to do a Fan Fest on both Friday and Saturday, the 21st and 22nd, uh, in DTS. So a really, really cool event. On the way back, uh, John had a chance to sit down with a bunch of NBA insiders. We're going to hear from one of them. We're going to talk a little bit about Trey Young, about the Hawks. Why? Because the Hawks are in the same division as the Heat. The Heat may be getting Dame Lillard. What does that mean for that division? And do the Hawks have a bunch of upside after, what, a little time with yeah. Quinn Snyder? Is the system going to work? With all these scorers, got to play a little defense, so we'll get into that on the way back here. On Cofield and Company, this hour is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Give them a call anywhere in the state of Nevada, 766-1400. Every single summer in Vegas, we get baited into thinking guys are great or guys are awful. It's truly. Here are some facts about Summer League. Out of the last 10 Summer League MVPs, not one of them has been named an all-star during their careers. Enjoy Summer League, but enjoy it for what it is. Trey Young airballed his first two threes and then missed his next 10 attempts. Enjoy the talent when they play well, but don't crucify guys who play poorly. Now, back to Cofield and Company. Live from NBA Summer League. Summer League. Summer League. That dude said it right, didn't he, John? Uh, yeah, to a certain extent, I think there's a flaw in going. Oh, the all star thing. Yeah, the live the all star thing because, like, theoretically, you're talking about like one or two or three year guys. <laughs> like, yeah. and it's a sample size of ten players. But ultimately, like, yes, like I'll always go to the best example. Anybody out there who hasn't seen it, go look up Ben Simmons summer league highlights. For those who don't remember, he was hitting like turnaround jumpers. He was pulling up from mid range. Like he was doing everything. And that's why people got so excited, and we know what happened with Ben Simmons in terms of his game. So I would say, yeah, like don't crucify guys. Don't overtly judge what's happening. But I think you can also take some things from Summer League and spin it forward. Like, look at last year. Keegan Murray was awesome. Keegan Murray, I think, is going to be a pretty good player. Benedict Mathurin was awesome. I think Benedict Mathurin is going to be a pretty good player. Paolo Bancaro was great. 
one rookie of the year and looks like he's going to be a really good player. So I, I don't think you're translating one-to-one, but if you see some positives here, I, I don't think there's any reason to not get excited about a certain player. JVT loves the NBA. Uh, your gig over at VSIN is what I always ask because I never remember the exact title. Plus, I feel like it morphs all the time. Because uh, I've morphed it. <laughs> NBA, <laughs> senior NBA betting analyst. Okay. There you go. Sounds important. Also, there's no other NBA staffers, so I'm senior by default. Yeah, you're the guy. <laughs> uh, by the way, I want to give credit to the uh, the voicer on the way back there. That's a guy on TikTok named Zach Schwartz who uh, knows his stuff about the NBA Summer League. Uh, John knows his stuff. Hardwood handicappers. He's been sitting down with a bunch of NBA insiders all week long. One of them is uh, Brad Rowland, who covers the Hawks, Locked On Hawks. We'll tell you what else he does, but really good NBA source. And uh, you guys got into the Hawks a little bit and the Heat, which I think are pretty good talking points. But the convo at this point was about Trey Young and his future. And why has there been Trey Young to the Lakers rumors? Yeah, it seems to be more on the outside than the inside. Um, from what I have heard, they've never really had a serious conversation about moving on from Trey. I do think that uh, at some point, if they keep hovering in this play-in range where they've been the last two years, you know, one side or the other is going to get a little bit sick of it. You know what I mean? But at this point in time, I think it's more just outside noise. I think once, once it got to it, it was basically the reporting that I heard was everyone's available on the roster except for Trey Young. So he's still being treated as their guy. He's their franchise player. Um, I think, you know, he, he's a clutch client. He's, he's a big name. L.A. always comes up because that's what happens. He lives in L.A. now, so you see him in Los Angeles. And there's little things kind of that, that kind of gets uh, said. But I think for now, as long, and until something changes, I've always been of the mind that for Trey to get out of Atlanta, he's going to have to ask out. I don't, I don't think that he's going to be a guy that gets traded because the Hawks decide that they're out of the Trey Young business. It'll be him going to the team, if that ever happens, and just says, hey, I want to go somewhere else, which is with stars. That's usually what happens. Like no no matter how good you think Trey Young is or isn't a guy on that level of prominence, usually they don't get moved unless they want to get moved. With everything Damian Lillard, let's just assume Damian Lillard is traded to Miami. I don't, know that if I would put Miami leaps and bounds ahead of a team like Atlanta in the division. Yeah, I tend to agree. And look, we, you talked about it last year. I was really low on Miami in the regular season and was proven to be right. I guess too low on them in the playoffs. Right. But uh, yeah, I think that obviously adding Dame helps the team. There's no question about that. That's, like, that's kind of what they need. But their depth is not impressive already. Mm-hmm. You lose Max Strus, you lose Gabe Vincent. Yeah, you add Dame, but you're going to probably take away three, four guys to get Dame. And like, you know, Spolster is a wizard. They always do crazy stuff on the margins. But even when they've been good, they haven't. This is not a team that like really grinds it out in the regular season. And I think with Dame and with Jimmy and his age right now and his all his mileage, is he going to play more than sixty games? Maybe not. Like they're not a team that profiles to me that is like this like high fifty high fifties win team because they're not going to try to do that. I don't think. So yeah, adding Dame helps them. But I think the Hawks. There's definitely a world in which the Hawks are the are the value side there, mm-hmm. especially. Once you get the Dame bump, that I think we'll, we all know will come on the hype cycle with Miami. If they get Dame, the Hawks at plus value, I'm sure, in yep. the division would be very, very interesting to me, especially because I think the Snyder bump is going to really help them. So the gap there will be a lot smaller than I think the projections will probably yeah, say. Yeah, it's actually already starting. The Hawks, or excuse me, the Hawks, the, the Heat are like a 859 to 1 to win the NBA Finals. They're getting ahead of and it they already. Yeah, yeah, they don't even coming. have Dame yet, so it'll happen. All right, Brad Rowland again. I'll let everybody know where's your work. Uh, I mentioned Locked on Hawks. You have the Patreon. What else you got going on? Yeah, that's most, mostly it. Locked on Hawks on the Hawks side, patreon.com slash. BT role. I'm also here uh, covering uh, more non-Hawk stuff for Diamond Up Rocks and do some work for Sportsline as well over at CBS. So There you go. Good voice on NBA. Hawks had the high watermark 2021 where they made the run right. to the finals. Uh, since then... Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, Eastern Conference Finals. Um, about 500. Seems like they should be better. They've been building with other young players around Trey Young, so 
Are they going to take a leap forward? I like what you guys talked about with the division that clearly the Heat are not going to fight to win 57 games. Right. Well, and Jimmy Butler misses a ton of regular season time. It's part of the reason why what happened with Miami just this last year happened. You know, you don't get the same statistical return because guys like Jimmy Butler are saving themselves. You're kind of gearing up for a postseason, doing the bare minimum to get in. And then all of a sudden you start to look more like the team that, you know, made it to the Eastern Conference Finals the year prior. Uh, so I would say, yeah, the, the, the Heat, or excuse me, the Hawks are a very talented team. Quinn Snyder's a really good coach. And when you look at some of the statistical returns from Atlanta last year in the short stint that they had, from the moment Quinn Snyder took over as head coach until the end of the regular season, they were the fourth-best offense in the NBA. And now you get a full regular season together with him, with DeJounte Murray, who just signed a contract extension. And I think there is a very high ceiling for Atlanta with a coach like Snyder at the helm. The Heat going to get Lillard? Or you know, I saw some comments that from Portland, like, we'll wait. We can wait for a long time here. I don't. I don't see how it gets done unless it's the third or fourth team. I think it's. I think what happens is the same thing that happened with Brooklyn last year. It was the same around the same time. Like I remember being here and talking to a bunch of people about, hey, where's you know what are they going to do with Kevin Durant? And what happened? Durant ended up playing the first half of the season with Brooklyn, and what happened then gets traded because one of the things that I keep telling people too, Steve, as part of the conversation, is when you wait and the season starts, teams all of a sudden realize what they are, and now all of a sudden certain teams like you know, let's use Boston for example would go, oh, you know, this new reconfigured roster, we don't really love it. We need Damian Lillard. Now all of a sudden the offer gets sweetened, and you're going to go after Damian Lillard with some sort of package, and all of a sudden he could end up on the Boston Celtics. So I think that is the big change. Like To your point, they're going to need a third team Miami, but other teams could start to get involved here once they realize, hey, we've played about 20-ish games, and we think that we're Lillard away from competing for a championship, and you could get something from somewhere else. I mean, Mikael Bridges, really quickly, by the way, last year was not, by all accounts, going to be part of the package that Phoenix sent over in the summer. What happened? They traded Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson at the deadline. You've been betting NBA Summer League? You mentioned to me about a half an hour ago, you're like, I really need something to happen in this Nets game. <laughs> so a little bit. Uh, so I have, I, I have a couple of futures. My future that's, like, really alive, I have the Jazz at 21-1 to win the NBA, to win the Summer League. They're 3-0, and but what I wanted was Brooklyn is one of the few teams that was 2-1. and and, or one of a lot of teams that were 2-1. And I needed them to lose just because, you know, it increases the probability if, if the Jazz lose on Friday to the Suns that they can get in. Um, so that's what I needed. I have bet a total of three games so far in the Summer League. One of them was just a total because I thought there was an over-adjustment from the California Classic to the, the first Friday of action. The one, the another one was I have time to kill and I want to bet on something and have some action to watch this game. And then there was yesterday where... The Pistons' second-year guys, so it was Jaden Ivey, it was Jalen Duran, um, and the, the name that is escaping me that I can't think of right now. Um, but they were all playing. Until yesterday, I'm watching them warm up, and I'm like, I don't see any of these guys warming up. Let's go check and see what's happened. I go down to the floor, look around, look at the starting laps. Oh, nope, they're not going to play. But the market had bet them all the way up to seven because they had all these second-year guys they didn't realize was someone playing. So bet the Raptors plus seven, and they end up losing by four. Yeah, you pay attention, right? Yep. Uh, best player in the league so far, who's going to be the MVP? That I don't know. So that there's a lot of different candidates. Here's the thing. So Orlando Robinson, local guy, who's going to play today, has been awesome. He's averaged, he's averaged through two games, 25 and 10, on nearly 60% shooting. He's actually not even listed in some of the places that have the odds, but he's been incredible. Cam Whitmore, the kid that slid in the first round that played at Villanova to Houston, he's playing, they're playing right now. I didn't know if he's on the floor or not. He's been brilliant in watching him play. 
Like, there's a lot of different candidates. Keontae George on Utah, the team that I was referencing earlier, is now, I think, the favorite to win it. Marjan Beauchamp, who's been playing for the Milwaukee Bucks, was a favorite at one point. There's a lot of different candidates and no real strict parameters. So I don't know who would win MVP, but there's a lot of guys that are worth watching at this point right now, including the local Robinson. I'm glad you mentioned Cam Whitmore because that was one of the weird slides from the mock drafts. Yeah. The Villanova guy, which, you know, often when guys go to the NBA, you look at how their team did and you're like, what happened to their team? Villanova's got all this tradition and they kind of crapped the bed last year. Now, I got to look back at how far off the bubble they were. They are pretty far off. But is there going to be a day where, hell, you're, you know, trying to think what would be a low a low number like 65 in the net rankings where you're like oh we're in right what's happening with the tournament now so there's talks about tournament expansion this and we i think you and i discussed this about what two months ago when this first started maybe coming about and i can't remember the exact number but they wanted to expand the ncaa tournament and on the surface i don't really like it but it does sound like it's the very least right now it's not going to happen anytime soon that they're happy with the format and the way that it's going to go right now, and that maybe in the next few years they'll revisit it. But by all accounts, the NCAA is not really close, at least imminent, in terms of expanding, at least according to NCAA sources from an ESPN report that came out. I'm happy with that. What's too big? 68 now. I feel like doubling it is like... Oh, doubling it. Really? Is insane. But that that was one of the first few numbers, right? Wasn't it? It was like 96 or something like that was one of the initial numbers that was thrown out there. I just because at some point, it's like we're talking about with college football, except people are dumb in saying that college football like six or eight or too many. It, at some point, you're just going to get really bad teams. I don't want to say have no shot because in one game of basketball, it's, you know anything can happen. But just really bad teams that have really poor resumes that aren't playing good basketball that you're going to be forced to watch. You know, if you expand it too far out. I'm not good at math. Eighty-two? Can you make that into a tournament? Know, you know what I mean? Eighty-four, 84? seems like a round number, but. Yeah. I don't know how the brackets would break down. I haven't put any thought to it. Uh, Demond, I wanted to hit on an uh, NBA-related story that you sent over. I think there's something weird in this story. Like, I don't really believe any of the quotes, but you sent over a story that said Draymond Green was talking a little trash on Wemby. Yeah, he did. Uh, be, the quote that got um, circulated around, it was uh, Wimbanyama talking about how the NBA isn't as physical overseas. And people see you see that quote, and it's like, oh, man, that's blasphemous. It's only summer league. But I was right there front row when he said it. And he didn't say anything, you know, derogatory towards the NBA. He said, yeah, but this is the best athletes. You got guys jumping out of the gym here. He was just comparing the differences to the question that Rachel Nichols asked him. So that's fun to see the spin zone that gets put on it. But then Draymond goes and says that, hey, that's just NBA Summer League. You know, he's got that podcast. He's, uh, you know, cutting it up on the volume. So he's got to have something to say about it. But take it easy, man. He was just talking about the differences of the game. And every, you know, European player also says that, hey, guys, it is more physical over there. So the post I'm reading, I mean, and it's from Volume Sports, but that's where Draymond Green's doing his podcast. Uh, he reacted by saying, bro, this is a summer league. You haven't played against real NBA competition yet. That's not a wise thing to say unless you truly enjoy bruises. I'm almost positive when I read the quote, someone asked Victor Webanyama, um, what do you think of the summer league, NBA summer league physicality? Right. And Webanyama answered that, it's less physical than the Euro League, the Summer League. I don't think he said the NBA is because he hasn't played in the NBA yet. Right. This is the Summer League. He was asked, kind of an important distinction if you're going to leave out 
the part about the summer league. Of course. But it's about content. And then Draymond just run. I mean, you know, that's funny, though. You say that. It's about content. Those guys get all mad if they're ever misquoted. Yep. Now that you're part of the media, isn't it important to actually react to a real quote? That's exactly what I was going to bring up. Hashtag new media was all about giving context to the actual quotes from players. It's funny how that happens, though, huh? Where you're, you know, you're rushing to make a podcast, you hear that, you don't try to find the nuance of the question that was asked or the content of the, co- the quote, and you just run with it for the sake of content. Yeah. Well, it'll be fascinating. If Draymond Green is knocking around with uh, Victor Wabanyama, I'd love to see what the league does there, their new future star, and someone's bullying him and beating him up. Good luck. He'll stomp on Victor Wabanyama at some point <laughs> in the regular season. I don't think. Oh, yeah. I don't think he should be doing that.